It may be sunny in LA, but I stay bringing the shade. You think you have me figured out? Until you don't. This is Black Reality Kiki with AJ. And your girl, Fresha. We're getting into season 14 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's all about the shade, the drama, and the slays. Come, Come take, take a, a BRK. BRK. Honey, honey. We're back, girl. What's tea? Child, another week, another slay, another drama from the A. Oh, that was good. Wow, that rhymed and everything. Honey, it's giving MC Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just come up with that or you had that in the BP all along? No, honestly, I just came up with it. The honey, honey part was like a lead that I had in my mind that I thought I wanted to do. But honey, that little rhyme there, that was definitely all me on the spot. Okay, honey, moving on. Ooh. The haters will hate. All right, honey, another week in the A with our girls. And we open on a little intro montage of all the ladies. You know, we see Sonya in her home going through a little bit of a situation with her mom. We see some of the other ladies getting ready for the week. And then we open in a spa slash sauna scene. The girls are getting hot and steamy. And we have Sheree and Marlo. Uh, meeting up first to talk about what they're going to kiki with candy about as far as their friendship with her and how they think she needs to be a better friend etc etc so what were your thoughts on this scene because i have a few thoughts but i want to hear yours first so i think that it was pretty aggressive of marlo and charade to confront candy in this way it also seemed like it was a bit of a reach like I mean, we see the scene unfold and they're both kind of calling out Candy for not showing up in their friendship. But from Candy's accounts, they're not really on that level of friendship anyway. But she does break down because she does feel that guilt as far as not showing up for her friends and family in a real way. Um, I think it was a pretty impactful scene um, and it was important for kind of the moving along in the storyline. But I mean, Sheree and Marlo are, I feel like they're reaching. I agree. That was my first question when they started arguing. I'm like, wait, are y'all like supposed to be besties behind the scenes or something? Because it's just not making sense to me. And honestly, Candy was over it from the beginning. Like she didn't want to get her hair messed up. She was like, why am I here? Why are we talking about this, et cetera, et cetera. And you see Candy gets upset. You know, she will cry. Her voice gets shaky when she gets annoyed. And honestly, I love Marlo. Love Sheree, but I think they were reaching as well. Like, y'all aren't best friends. You're co-workers at the end of the day. You know Candy is booked and busy. Like, don't be surprised if she's on another set someday and she can't record, etc., etc. Like, why were they making it such a big deal? And honestly, coming for her as a friend. And we all know Candy is very loyal. She loves the people that she loves. She does not play. And so for her, it probably really hurt her to her core because it's like, Oh, she's already getting it from her mom, her other family, and all of that. So it probably did hurt her. Now, with that being said, to flip it on its head, if her family members and people that are close to her are genuinely saying all of these things and that she does need to slow down, she does need to be mindful of her relationships, then I will say that maybe it would be helpful for Candy to, you know, take a step back and truly reflect on what her priorities are. Does she need to, you know, chill out a little bit on the work front and truly focus on family and friends? So I understand Marlon and Sheree wanting to be, quote unquote, helpful as her friends, um, but only if it's, you know, genuinely a concern. If they just BSing to get 
some interaction with Candy on camera. That's bullshit. And it was giving that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, to your point, it definitely struck a chord with Candy. I mean, the way she reacted, there was something underlying, some type of guilt, some type of, um, you know, feeling that this is something she needs to work on when it comes to her actual friends and family, I'm sure. Um, but if we break it down, okay. So I think we've brought this up before. Do you think there's any weight in Sheree's argument about Candy not reaching out regarding Tyrone? Where do you fall on that side of the argument? And then second part of the question is, what was Marlo's argument? Like, I feel like Marlo's argument was definitely more of a reach. Um, and Sheree, I mean, there was an issue there, but I honestly sided with Candy. Like, if I hear something about you from a third party um, and, you know, but I haven't heard it straight from the source, a.k.a. you, I'm going to wait until you bring it to me to then now let's discuss. Let me reach out and see if you're OK. Like, I don't really understand why Sheree wanted Candy to move off of gossip, essentially, or, you know, a game of telephone and then bring it back. It just seemed messy. So I wanted to see where you fall on the side of the Sheree argument. And then if you agree with me and that Marlo was just completely reaching, like she had zero argument. So as far as the Sheree and Candy situation, I definitely understand, you know, Candy's point in that if I hear something, I'm going to wait for you to bring it to me so we can then discuss it. However, what I will say is that we all know the Tyrone piece is very significant, especially when it comes to the storyline as far as Real Housewives of Atlanta is concerned. And Candy would have been the only person to have known the history behind Tyrone. And so let's say for sake of the discussion, the Tyrone scenario is all for show, is all for, you know, the glitz, the glamour or whatever. If that was the case and all of the ladies were to talk about it and bring it up for the show, then Candy, in my opinion, if Candy knows Sheree and they're closer, that's like me and you being on a show together. I would expect you to talk about it with me because clearly you're talking about it with someone else in another scene. And so for me, if you are my friend and we're on the same show and you already know something about me as being brought up in another scene, I would expect you to then call me or make sure that you're filming with me in some sort of scenario so that then we have that FaceTime to then be able to talk about it. Because Candy knew that the cameras were there. So she knew that, okay, well, if this person is bringing it to me and it's on camera, then nine times out of 10, this person is also probably gonna talk to Sheree about it on camera. So as Sheree's friend, who's been working with her since, what, the early 2010s or 2008, whenever Real Housewives came out, I should then also bring it to her as well because we actually have that history. So that's my thought on the Tyrone piece. I definitely understand, you know, wanting to wait, but that's if, you know, someone texts Candy the tea. Someone in text Candy the tea. She found out about it on camera. So in my mind, if you found out about it on camera, then you should also know that we're talking about it. You should come to me. Now, as far as the Marlo and Candy situation, at the beginning of the season, I don't know if you remember, but Marlo was upset because she felt like she needed a tribe to help with the boys and she's on this Monty journey and things of that nature. And I'm 100 for that. I definitely get, you know, you need help. It takes a tribe. It takes a village to raise children in any aspect. But with that being said, going back to Candy's point on this episode, do you check on Candy Marlo? And we all know I'm a Marlo fan. You know, I stand Marlo. I love my girl. But don't be fake on camera either. 
If you're asking for help and you're wanting a village, then a relationship, any relationship is a two-way street. If you're expecting me to reach out to you, I'm also going to expect you to reach out to me. And so to Candy's point, if it's all fake and you don't really fuck with her like that, then you should not expect her to be doing, you know, X, Y, Z as a friend. So those are my thoughts. I see both sides, but it all goes back to what's genuine and what's not. And from Candy's perspective, it sounds like it's not coming off genuine from these ladies. Mm-hmm. It's all for the camera. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, hey, we're here for it. It's entertainment, but they can't expect Candy to not pop off if they're not going to be genuine. Right, period. Mm-hmm. So, honey, we'll see where they go, child. Just keep them in your thoughts and prayers. There's three of the original ladies, so, you know, we got to keep them together in some type of way. <laughs> keep that bond strong. Mm-hmm. Honey, so next we make it to the Richards Ross's home for dinner. And Miss Sonia is in the kitchen, child, taking a little few pointers from her mom. But I will say, honey, it seems like she was struggling a little bit. Honestly, everyone knows that I'm an elementary level cook. And I feel like I could have cooked what she cooked. Absolutely. (laughs) Just saying. It was nothing but like what? Salmon? Mm -hmm. And she almost burnt the house down too. So I'm just, I was like, okay. When she made it, I was like, okay, I feel more confident in the way that I cook. Because I can cook a mean salmon. You can, honey. You love a salmon. Mm -hmm. So, honey, we see the Rosses and they're here for dinner. Sonia is cooking a dinner for our main man, Ross. Honey, they're looking good. She brought out the yellow dress. Ross came out in the all black sleek look with the silver chain. Like, it was so cute. They sat down. They parade together, which, you know, for me and us, both of us, you know, we don't play when it comes to that. A couple that prays together stays together always. So they prayed together. They ate. And then Sonya just began to be vulnerable uh, with her husband as far as, you know, his travels, her not being used to him traveling as much. And then ultimately being honest about the fact that she doesn't really want a another kid and she doesn't feel that they're ready. And. You know, I wanted to get your thoughts because I think for me and my perspective, I couple being in a relationship is all about compromise. And so I was anticipating her to say, you know, I don't want to have a kid now. Um, I don't think it's the right time. Let's let Deuce grow up a little bit and then let's talk about it. But it sounds like she's just like no more kids at all. And she's like, I'm done. I don't want any more we got to figure something else out. So what were your thoughts on that? I mean, so also in the scene, we saw as she's trying to, you know, prepare this meal for her man. Um, we saw Deuce and Deuce was definitely a handful between his fries, chicken nuggets, whatever it was. He wanted to eat and he wanted to eat right now. He is lit, honey. He was very lit. So I think that was a good kind of preview into what her day-to-day life is, you know, raising this young son. Um, and I do, I just want to first and foremost say that I applaud Sonia for this vulnerability in this scene. I mean, it gets very real. Um, you know, these are real life topics, real life discussions that she has with her husband, cameras there or not. Um, so I do applaud her for, I applaud both of them actually for being extremely vulnerable. This is how I feel. I understand what you're saying about compromising you know i'm not married but i would assume (laughs) when you are married that is the ultimate compromise from deciding what to eat for to dinner to debating if you want to have a second kid i empathize with sonya especially you know coming from the woman perspective conceiving carrying a child birthing a child and then raising that child is you know a lifetime responsibility and if she feels like currently her husband isn't showing up for her in the way that he needs to, 
then sure, maybe it is not so much, even though you want a second kid, I don't want one at all. Maybe there could be some compromise on her behalf as far as, you know, entertaining the idea and having further and further and further discussions about it versus saying, absolutely not. But in the same breath, I was very disappointed by Ross in his reaction to her being vulnerable and sharing her perspective. I mean, I understand where he's coming from and saying that he's not choosing to be away from his family just for the hell of it. He's going off to Houston to build this business in support of his family. But in the same breath, if we expect Sonya to compromise and flirt with the idea of having a second child, even though she's tapped out, I mean, I feel like that's very serious too. When a woman says, I can't handle it, that, you know, that should, that shouldn't be taken very lightly. And again, having a child is no easy or lightweight thing, right? If she compromises in understanding his perspective and seeing where he's coming from and flirting with the idea of potentially having a second kid because he wants one, then why couldn't he come to the table and say, listen, I hear you. I can cut back on the traveling to Houston. I can spend more time here, even though I am building this business. If that means bringing in additional help, whatever that he can do to make that compromise. You know what they say, stay out of married folks business. But if I'm going to offer my two cents where it's not asked, I would just expect Ross to show up a bit more in the compromise department and same from Sonya. And I feel like that's where Sonya was feeling that reluctancy because Ross seemed like he wasn't budging. Like it's not, mm, no, uh, like that's what I was getting from him. And I was, I was pretty disappointed. So that's, that's kind of how I left the scene feeling. How, what do, I don't know. What do you think, eh? Yeah, same. I feel like it could have been more compromise on both parts. Cause I mean, to your point, it, takes both to tango like both should be willing to give and i was sort of disappointed in ross as well because you see your wife is being vulnerable like and she was crying like it this scene did not seem fake at all she's literally crying for help like help me yeah it did not seem fake at all and i understand like to her point she's like yes i have family here that can help but she's still the mother she's still expecting to not only take care of deuce in the house but also she's working like she has multiple jobs she's still bringing in a coin for the family and so i agree i did expect ross to be a little bit more understanding as well but he seems very very sure of his decision and not willing to change his mind at all so I'm hoping that, you know, they'll continue to have this discussion throughout the season. And, you know, maybe it is a situation where Ross hires more help back in where they're in like Texas or something. Houston. Houston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe Ross will hire more help in Houston so he can stay home more. Or maybe, you know, it's a nanny situation now that the budget is a little bigger. Thanks to Bravo. You know, you know something. something. Because to your point, Deuce was lit. Okay. He was for sure on one. He was all over the place. He was. And I can imagine it's probably hard for Sion because she's dealing with him. Plus, she's moving her family over from Jamaica, which is not a small fee. It's not an easy fee. It's not like they could just get back to Atlanta and are able to just adapt to the changes. Like, it comes with a lot of, you know, decision making. And I'm sure it's a lot to have to take on by yourself, especially when your partner is not around and not at any fault of Ross's. Like, you know, he's doing what he has to do for the family. But the fact of the matter is when you're not there physically, there are certain things that she's probably accustomed to him doing that he's no longer there to do. So I definitely see both sides. I do think both Ross and Sonya should do a little bit more compromise or just truly being honest with, you know, what they're comfortable with doing and talking. But Honey, we'll see. We see she gets some advice later on, child, but we'll get to that in a few. <laughs> yeah. 
like that advice. Heidi the Jaraba. Yeah, I mean, it's dangerous territory, right? Because she can very much resent him for not showing up um, for their family. And to your point, AJ, um, you know, she wants to build her career too. Like we want it all. We want, you know, to have that motherhood, but also to be a career driven woman. So she could very much resent him for that. And then on the flip side, he could very much resent her for not wanting to expand their family where, you know, he's very dead set on that. So it's dangerous territory, but I'm gonna just hope that they navigate that successfully. Um, what I will say is after the episode, I stayed tuned for a little bit and watch what happens live came on. Sonia was there and Ross was the bartender. And I just tuned in for a little bit just to see, just to kiki a little bit. So of course they were discussing the, the episode that had just aired. Um, and so Andy, you know, introduced Sonia, introduced Ross as the bartender. And he just kind of turns to Sonia and say, yeah, you know, we see you guys discuss a bit more about expanding your family. Um, where, you know, where are you guys at with that now and Sonia kind of takes a deep sigh and she starts to answer his question and honey all you hear from the bartender back from Ross is he just goes baby with a little chuckle and honey she got that zip lit real quick and honey bravo Andy was like okay and moved along so I'm just gonna say right then and there, I respected the hell out of that because it felt like a moment in which Ross, you know, participated in the show. He opened up their lives, you know, obliged to recording and being extremely vulnerable in this specific topic. But at this point, honey, the cameras are down. We, this is just some extras, watch what happens live. We done discussing this, you know what I'm saying? Like we're done discussing this at least for now. And honey, all he had to say was baby out loud. It got quiet. Honey, Sonya moved on. I said, I know that's right. Oh, bitch. I'm going to have to go back and see that episode. Honey, please, everybody out there, please go back. It's just, it's probably the first five minutes of the Watch What Happens Live episode. He got Sonya together and Andy just on some like, listen, we've given you what you needed on this topic. The rest is for the Richards Ross household. And we're going to leave it at that. All he said was that baby. He smiled, chuckled a little bit. And they moved on. So I'm going to need you to get into that. Bitch, that's sexy. That is so sexy. Honey, I was there like, I know that's right. Wow. I said, ooh, okay. All he said was baby. Ha, ha, ha. Little chuckle, little smile. You know, that smile. Mm-hmm. Honey, they moved on. So it wasn't like to shut her up, to your point. It was more so like, we don't need to talk about this right now. Like We already talked about it. Let's handle it behind closed doors. Again, married folks business it's a very tough topic you know and i feel like again i applaud them for it's been an ongoing discussion at this point in the season that whole extra i'm because i'm sure you know they wrap filming and now we're in real time on watch what happens live who knows what discussions or progress or maybe regression regression they've made on the topic and honey when andy was trying to get that um sneak peek that bonus content that wasn't attached to a check because i don't i don't know if they get paid for watch what happens live but probably not it's probably promo right just marketing let's assume that it's not honey baby period honey i know that's right wrong honey i was like honey, he'll play by his family and and honestly it's right listen i zipped my lip i was like ooh, <laughs> not you <laughs> not you share your love on that note we about to move on i said honey we might get a little message from us talking about baby in our ds okay okay <laughs> and won't know what to do with that honey I, that's all you have oh, period okay period. so anyways and honey andy did just that I moved on that. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh, well, honey, let's move on there. I'm getting a little steamy thinking about it. That's what I said. I said, ooh, okay. Get me together, Ross. Okay. Honey, so next we get another little montage of some more ladies. We get um, Sheree at the Chateau talking to her new business manager. I mean, granted, the business manager was in the car. And so I was a little bit concerned as far as her attention to what Sheree was saying. But nonetheless, honey, she got a business manager. So shout out to that. That's growth from last week shout out then we get a quick preview into marlo's life at lay archive it looks like she has the boys cleaning because they've been having a little bad behavior since the conversation with their mom and it sounds like they're taking it bad thus acting out and so you know marlo had to get them together and make sure they recognize where they come from you know just to keep them humble and grounded and it sounds like her niece which is her sister's um oldest child is going to have a conversation with the sister so hopefully fingers crossed the daughter can convince their mom to go get help um and, and truly get back in a healthy state for her kids so that was good to see as well um but then after that the ladies go to a candle making session which i always wanted to do one of these um they seem so fun me too honey and we have a little guest appearance by miss Monietta. i love Monietta. she seems always good vibes she's super fun they're clearly trying to introduce her but it feels very natural um because you know she's very much in that Atlanta scene um and yeah no I, I actually I really loved her on camera yeah and I think she's been on an older episode before or like an older season once or twice we've definitely seen her before at some event don't get me to lying but we've definitely seen her before I feel like it was that last year it was like a sleepover or something where Latoya was there wasn't Mayetta there too or am I making that up oh the um the nieces yes was Mayetta there I don't know you know what I'm thinking about was she at something at Portia's house or something? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Honey, what we do know is the new husband is cute. Oh, yeah, honey. He's cute. He's fine, honey. Do we know much of his tea or no? I don't know any of his tea. I know he shows up later in the episode, but honey, I'm all here for it. She found happiness. Exactly, exactly. Shout out to Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Yetta. <laughs> Miss Yetta. Honey, so we're at the candle making session, um, and obviously Candy is in the building. She's friends with Monietta, so that was that connection there. Um, and then Miss Kenya shows up, and of course, she would not arrive without a bone to carry. Mm -hmm. Honey, she's replacing Sheree this year as a bone carrier, honestly. Mm -hmm. You're right. She is. So she popped up, and she had to catch up Candy because Candy was obviously filming last week in L.A. when the girls were at um, the Five Church brunch spot. A la carte. A la carte. Honey, and Marlo obviously was letting all the girls know how she felt about Candy and how she's not being a good friend and all that jazz. So, you know, Kenya had no problem with bringing that tea back to Candy to get her thoughts on that. So, honey, what were your thoughts on that scene? Because for me, it's still giving, laying the foundation of Kenya building her team, building her allies, and letting turning everybody against Marlo. Yeah, no, I was just about to say, it's a very drawing a line in the sand moment. Well, it continues to build that momentum. Um, I mean, we do know Candy and Kenya. Well, okay, let me take that back. Let me take a step back. We know Candy likes to play Switzerland. Okay, she doesn't allow toxicity between certain of the women's relationships affect her relationship with those same women. For example, way back when, when Kenya, you know, dropped on the scene and she was very polarizing, no one fucked with her at all. Candy, you know, formed her own relationship with her friendship and you can see they're still friends to this day. Her, you know, her famous line is, well, she didn't do nothing to me, so we cool kind of thing. She likes to keep 
the peace. And with Marlo versus Kenya, as we see that feud building, I'm sure she's taking that same stance. Well, Marlo didn't do nothing to me. And on that flip side, Kenya didn't do nothing to me. We're cool. Like y'all situation has nothing to do with me and how I interact with this person. But this moment is trying to kind of deflect that mentality that Candy usually has to your point. Kenya is trying to not necessarily poison, but just inform Candy of kind of what Marlo has said behind her back in order to pull her more to her side. So it's very expected behavior, right? To, to kind of see the, that division and that divide continuing to um, divide, but it was shady. Like Marlo was talking about the donations and complaining about, you know, I guess shading Candy about how she was trying to, all she was trying to do was do good, right? Like do good, give good, give back, all of that, et cetera. Um, and Marlo was just not having it. So to me, Candy's going to take that information that Kenya is bringing her and then continue to formulate her opinions about Marlo. Essentially, I'm sure pledging to Kenya side of the sand. Exactly, because, you know, from Candy's point, she was already annoyed that Marlo wouldn't accept her donation. So now it's like, oh, she's talking bad about me. Oh, now I have no choice but to not like her. And now obviously she's thinking that she's gonna be on Kenya's side. But then honey, Kenya and Candy get in an argument about them damn panty draws. They sure do. I can't believe we're still discussing this. It's so <laughs> annoying, like for one, Kenya, calm down. It's not that deep. Like, get over it. And I'm glad that Candy sort of read her for filth when she was like, um, how she's acting so prudish when she was the main one saying that she would fuck Candy in front of Todd. Like, girl, either you're going to be chill about it, laugh it off, and keep it pushing, or you're going to keep bringing it up. And if you keep bringing it up, that's annoying and no one wants to be around with you. I mean, this argument got intense. They were yelling. It wasn't like they were just throwing shade. In the day candle shop in the damn candle shop i will say let the record show i am on kenya's side of this argument because of the remote situation the rs that damn remote even by was like oh hell no she's like, wait, wait, wait. She's like wait, wait 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 you had me until remote when she pulled the tea about the remote and okay did you peep this aj remember the clip from the trailer where kenya's like because your husband been buzzing my pussy all night something like that it was clearly out of context, but she was like, your husband buzzing my pussy, da, 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 da. And I'm like, wow, they really clipped that up to make it seem like, oh, is Kenya having an affair with Todd? What's T? Is there a threesome, a trois situation going on? What's going on? It's that damn clip right there talking about the buzzing panties with the confused remote situation, the CRS. I peeped that. I was like, wait, when that, when that scene happened, I was like, that's the clip from the trailer. So it's funny when you we we watched the trailer, we dissected that, and now we're seeing the trailer happen in real time, and it's like, oh, there's the context around the clip, because that clip was very confusing and a little bit concerning, but now we see she's talking about Pantygate. And we kept saying, we were like, there's no way that Kenya and Todd fucked. Right. I was like, absolutely not. I was like, there's there's got to be some story behind that. Um, so to your point, they are kind of arguing like cats and dogs, but then at the end of the day, they make up. What that shows me is that Candy and Kenya are for real friends. Like if you have a disagreement with your friend, I mean, would you bring it up two, three, four, five times? Probably not. But I mean, the way that they kind of worked through that, went back and forth, gave their piece, Kenya gave her piece, Candy gave her piece. They got Moneta's opinion. And then Candy had her smell her candle, talking about that's Candy's pussy, like, and laughed it off at the end. I was like, okay, I love when I see 
genuine friendships translating through the screen because it just makes it that much more believable. And yeah, I mean, it was a funny moment. I hope that we've put the panty gate to rest because I really don't want to hear about it anymore. Oh my God, same. And, you know, again, because of the remote situation, I'm definitely on Kenya's side. I don't, that's just like freaky to the next level that I'm not down. Not with, not with somebody's husband. Honey, a swing situation. It's giving SS. It really is. But yeah, I agree. It shows that Kenya and Candy are actually friends. I mean, even Kenya was talking about that Candy was on live or something during Kenya's um, Dancing with the Stars stint. And so to see that they actually support each other outside of Real Housewives of Atlanta does show that they're actually friends. So I'm glad that they're able to, you know, have these disagreements publicly or on camera and then just immediately be like, okay, girl, see you later type situation. But I will say it shows that Candy is very much Team Kenya, honey. We know. We, we're starting to recruit, okay? Team A, Team B, Team M, Team K. Okay. And we're seeing where those loyalties lie. Um, I will say before we move on, honey, I think in this scene, if I'm not mistaken, they got the drop it with Drew invite. They did. Honey, did we get into the Nike bra with the diamond? First off, my thing is the video was a mess. Like, you couldn't get nobody to record y'all working out since it's all about dropping with Drew. But anyway, then you got these little night bedazzled Nike bralettes. It was the bedazzled cubic zirconia Nike check for me. I was like, wow, she that was Bugetto. I'm sorry. Well, what was Bugetto to me was when we get into the next scene of dropping with Drew, we arrived to the location. And it's this huge ass sign outside on all the windows with her face saying drop it with Drew, drop it with Drew. But if you recall earlier in the episode, they were also there working out and all you saw was what for sale sign or something. It was nothing about drop it with Drew. Yeah, it was definitely a generic gym. The signage and everything is making it seem like that's a dedicated drop it with Drew facility, which no shade, but it's just the, it's, it's the facade. Like, it's just, you know. It's very much a facade. Like, you could tell they just whipped it together for the show. They had, like, prepared meal plans and things of that nature. Honey, the part that got me was they were making everybody say their weight out loud. I feel like that is such an invasion of privacy. So to provide context for this final messy-ass scene, like, there's so much to unpack here. Um, Drew is hosting an event as you know, all the ladies host an event. Um, and this event is dedicated to drop it with Drew. She invites the ladies. I think it's, it's to highlight the biggest losers, meaning losers of weight, but the biggest winners from the program. She invites the ladies for a workout. And then she also has, I guess, drop it with Drew members. Um, her business partner is also in the building to kind of co-sign all of the the business claims that drew has made up to this point all of the ladies attend yes with some interruptions some drama some arguments but um that's pretty much setting up the scene so to your point upon entering you've got to do a weigh-in with you know and she's yelling out the weights for everybody which was a little bit shady um the women start to arrive i believe Sonya arrives first, Marlo and Sheree thereafter. Candy is there with Todd. Um, I wanted to call out Marlo's piece with the blonde. Perfection. Yeah, it always, I mean, granted, you coming to work out, Marlo, so I would have brought out, you know, one of the rough wigs. I would have went to Kenya's house and got the wig that she had. The shake and go. Oh, never. The shake and go. Never that. Never that for Miss Marlo Hampton. Honey, that piece 
was cute as hell. Honey, it was cute. You know, Sheree arrived with her She by Sheree products. Honey, I want some of those leggings. Big. Those leggings are bomb, honey. I don't even have, you know, the biggest ass. Don't say nothing fresher. Yes, I don't have the biggest ass, but. Honey, we know I beat you in the booty department. Whatever. Those leggings, <laughs> I feel like would make me look cheeked up, okay? Super cheeked. One of the first conversations in this scene is Sonya's one-on-one with Ralph. Now, why in the hell would she go to Ralph Gaslight Sadora, whatever his last name is, to get advice about her, her husband, and her not wanting to have kids with her husband because she should have known that Ralph was going to say, do whatever Ross wants. When in reality, no. Like, what the hell? Like, for me, you could tell that Ralph was bringing out the bullshit from the back of his mind. Like, he was so excited. He's like, oh my God, science asking me a question. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to go off. He's like, you have to, you know, compromise. You have to do what he says. Bitch, no. That was the wrong. That's like the blind leading the blind, honey. Now, don't fight me on this because I know you girls like to tussle. Oh, God. And we know we are not team Pittman. It's his last name. It's not Sonora. Ralph Pittman. We are not team Ralph Gaslight Pittman here at BRK Pod. At all. But I will say the one point I agreed with is the argument that you can't blame busyness on not wanting a second child. Meaning we're always gonna be busy. I mean, she's a mother, she's a business owner. Um, she, you know, is, I don't know if she's supporting her family, but you know, she lives together with her sister and her nephew and the brother-in-law and the parent. So she's, she's filming a show, like she's busy. We're all busy, busy as hell. I don't think anyone is ever ready for a child in that you can be financially ready, you can be spiritually ready, you can be ready in your marriage. But as far as making time and carving time for a child, if you've got a job and you've got you know family to support and you're up and down traveling, you're never gonna be ready, right? It's a, gonna be a life adjustment regardless. It doesn't matter if it's your first child, second child, third, fourth, fifth. And so the point he was making in that you can't really say I'm busy because if you're going to lean into the busy argument, you're not going to be ready today, tomorrow, next year, the year after, because you're always going to be busy. So that argument of you're never really going to be ready in that sense, or you can't blame busyness on not wanting a second child right now in life. I, I can see that point. I can see that point. Now I will say later on when she speaks to Drew about the same topic, it was Drew's reaction that was very alarming to me. Drew was the one that said, well, yeah, he wants a kid, give it to him. You gotta keep your man happy, girl. Like do whatever he says. Like, what do you mean? There's no argument to be had. If he wants a second child, give him his second child regardless. And that for me is very weaponizing and a little gaslighting. So Drew learned some gaslighting from the damn husband, if you ask me. That's the part that I was like, I can't get down with that because now you're making it seem like Sonya has no say when it's her body, right? She's the mother. At the end of the day, the mother is the one that really is the glue for the family. The responsibility is going to lay on her from conceiving to caring to birthing to now raising. So that's the part that I was like, X red flag, throw in a towel, tomato, 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 Drew, hail to the gnaw. Exactly. And yeah, I get Raph's point. Yes, you're always going to be busy. Yes, it's never going to be the quote unquote right time to have a kid. But at that same token, Telling Sonya to do whatever Ross wants or do whatever makes him happy, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is trash advice. And the fact that they're both giving similar advice to me just shows that Drew has been in the situation way too long 
and they're both just a gaslighting ass couple who have no clue of what reality is she is the mother she will be carrying the child she will probably be doing most of the work in my opinion as a homosexual man who would never have to make this decision thank god in heterosexual relationships where there is a woman and a man involved and there's discussion on pregnancy and having a kid the only opinion in my opinion that truly matters is the woman because that man will not be carrying the baby he probably will barely be changing diapers he'll be out working especially when it comes to raft and these southern type of men they won't be doing what the mother would be doing so i'm sorry in any scenario where there's a couple and they're talking about kids it is the mother's decision period because it is their body is them who has to carry the baby them who has to go through the ordeal of labor which less labor is not an easy feat not to scare you know my girl frizz or any other future moms out there hey not your girl frizz frizz ain't near that anymore but like literally <laughs> childbearing is is a serious situation no i hear you and so you can't you know pressure them into doing that because then that goes to stress that goes to anxiety which would then be put onto the baby and through the pregnancy like i'm sorry that just really annoys me whenever i see men or someone else telling a woman that they need to have a kid for their husband the fuck is the husband gonna have the have a period for the wife you know what i'm saying like it's dumb shit like that it's like what no shut up if the mother does not want to have a kid right now then they should have that choice and they have the right to make that decision it's their uterus yeah no the sedora Pittmans could have been way more empathetic and i mean it was an interesting choice for sonia to go up to ralph to get his opinion on this that was a good content because she knew she's like who would care about it the most okay let me go to her who is going to give you the most toxic advice um but i again i do hold strong you know going back to that idea of compromise and again ralph did make a tiny tiny good note which is again like will we ever be ready for a child the answer is probably no so i will say that situation was wrapped up pretty nicely i believe drew and sonia officially squashed their beef which was an interesting time place and moment to do it but I mean, hey, I'm, I, we all happy for that because we know we were tired of hearing of their drama back and forth. Two more topics that we need to cover in this scene. Number one is the break-in at the Tucker household. Honey, that was scary. Apparently some man who appeared to maybe be on drugs or homeless or whatever thought that since he was quote-unquote Beyonce's cousin and T.I.'s son that he was told to come talk to Candy because he's a songwriter girl what uh, uh that was very 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 scary i mean in the moment we see todd answers the phone they both rush out you know they all all the ladies come outside to get the tea because you know the cameras and the producer like hey, y'all go outside go outside go outside is something going down um but i'm just happy to learn that everybody was safe the nanny slash family friend she did what needed to be done and she really protected those kids so i'm glad that they made it through that moment yes yeah, shout out to the the family friend looking out for the kids but also, real quick, I wanted to talk about, you know, the actual workout and the fact that, one, it looked super duper strenuous. And they were playing my girl Drew when she was working out. Honey, Sheree said that she looked like a busted can of biscuits. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm no fitness influencer or guru, but I could watch Drew working out and ask the same questions. Like... If this is your Drop It With Drew program, which we actually learn that she's the face of, and it was insisted in Chicago way back when, which they got to the bottom of that tea, which why wasn't Drew just honest from the beginning? Like you're not a business owner, girl. You don't own this business. This business already existed. You are an influencer that is promoting the business. That's a big difference. Right. Like, is she invested any financially? Like, it's giving just the face of the company, which 
it's fine. Like once they got to the bottom of that, they're like, okay, cool. Like let's move on. Honesty is really not that hard, Drew. But yeah, Sonya, who is a professional athlete, literally made the comment like, this workout is hard. Like meaning it was too hard for this type of environment. Like you just having a workout day, you know, bringing the community and, and the clients, some jumping jacks, some hop to the side, maybe a little lift action, some squats and call it a day. Like you are here to promote the business, not to get these people to break their backs and to really break that sweat. Um, so Sonya was like, this is too hard for the setting. When she was doing the little with the legs up and you reach the toe touch situation. Honey, it was a mess, but Anywho, yes, we finally get to the boiling point that is Miss Hampton and Miss Moore going back and forth. And let's recall that Miss Monietta actually brings the bone to the table about the discussion because we know Candy wasn't in the building to talk about it. So Monietta took it for herself. Well, honey, let me step in. Let me get my feet wet with these peaches, honey. Drink some peach juice. Honey, she had to drink that peach juice and she let the chopper fly. Honey, she had to let them know, look, uh, Marlo, this is how Candy feels. And from there, it was all bets off. They started going back and forth. There was hand in face. Mm -hmm. Honey, what were your thoughts? Well, honey, Kenya Moore twirled in with that in that damn pink unitard jumpsuit situation with the back out, the booty out late as hell she missed the whole workout which that is inexcusable i don't i don't even know if she gave a reason why she was late but she said she had something at brooklyn school but you know how these girls lie mm -hmm. and honey when they got to it was funny because you can always see marlo trying to be the new reformed marlo the housewife and not marlo the friend of the show but baby push marlo about six inches and that switch goes off and it's back to the old down dirty Marlo with the low blows, that wounded, you know, Marlo where she just comes out thrashing. But I will say it only comes out when she feels attacked or betrayed. Yes. Like to your point, she's tried to keep, hold it back. She tries to be calm and, and appreciate these ladies. But as soon as you come for her and I think I can't recall what triggered her, but something happened where Marlo just switched. And at that point, it was just like all bets off. She was talking about Kenya's lips, her body, the booty, <laughs> the booty, even the man situation. Honey, it was giving ruthless in there. It got crazy as hell. What I will say is, OK, Kenya, like you're not about to fight Marlo. Like and you see Marlo had them hands on her back, though, because the last situation when it was a fight in Kenya was the Porsche situation where she got eliminated. You won't get me caught slipping. She had them hands behind her back the entire time. That's a real chick right there. She already could assess the situation. Mm -hmm. Kenya, for me, I mean, I understand Marlo had invaded her space a little bit. So she did the whole hand to face moment, which I understand. But the whole hold me back, hold me back. You finna get your ass beat, girl. You ain't fighting nobody. That to me was the theatrics. That was Kenya, the theatrics, the actress. Especially that no damn Marlo Hampton. I'm sorry. If I have a bet between Kenya and Marlo. Even in, back to what you said, even with the situation with Portia, like they had a scuffle and Kenya pushed Portia to that point. Mm -hmm. But she, she always, you know, claims to, I can fight with my words. I don't need to fight with my hands. So that whole, she gonna get her ass. You need to watch out. 
can you please, can you please? They both definitely crossed the line in that moment. But hey, this is what we came for. And I feel like it's only the beginning. Like it can only get even worse from here. Tip of the iceberg. Marlo is going to be annoyed. She's going to come back for Kenya and vice versa. You know, Kenya does not let anything die down. But I will say Kenya will egg someone on. So child i don't know i am tuned in overall i think this episode was all over the place like i could not follow the narrative we went from this place to this place to this place next thing you know they fighting and someone breaking into candy's house it was a lot especially this final scene so many moving parts from charade's product finally being in the building to the break-in to the argument to the drop it with drew business situation to ralph's advice on the second it was i mean from every i was literally watching the show like wait so that happened and then now, what's going on and now they go over here that the candy was mad because marlo didn't speak to her and then todd is running listen it got crazy but honey i buckled in for that ride you know how i do honey i know how you do you are a good rider oh that's nasty yeah anyway <laughs> honey who's your picture of the week this week your pal honey my pal my pal is going to go to Candy, Candy Burst Tucker. Um, I think, you know, Candy got a lot, went through a lot through this episode from the confrontation with Shirley and Marlo, her holding it down. Well, really kind of having that breakthrough, that emotional breakthrough of where she's just tired of hearing the same narrative, even if it's from women who she's not that close from. It clearly struck a chord, that conversation to, you know, her having that moment with Monietta in Kenya, very real moment about the whole Pantygate, I'm, I'm coining it Pantygate now, um, to her kind of holding her own in that situation. And again, showing what f real friendship looks like to the final scene, the break-in, um, you know, her showing up for her family in a real way and keeping it all the way real. I feel like this was an all the way real episode for Candy Burns Tucker. Um, and, you know, we love to see it. She always keeps it real, but I think she had that shining star in this moment. Um, so my pal peach of the week goes to um candy candy burst tucker okay kbt i fucks with that honey i'm giving my peach of the week to miss science riches ross because this episode i felt like we were all up in her business and as far as wanting to be a, mo a mother again and having a kid and that just always bothers me that's a really sore spot for me because i've seen you know a lot of women in my life that you know may have felt like they had to have kids or they had to have an abortion or whatever the decision was. And for me, a woman's choice is just that. A woman's choice is not the choice of her husband, of her parents, of the government. It's the only the choice of that woman. And so I really felt bad for her in this episode because it felt like, you know, no one was really understanding her perspective or trying to at least, you know, empathize with what she's going through. It really felt like it was Sonya against everyone. And I really feel bad for her because I can only imagine how hard it is to raise a child to also work and then to be doing it without your partner. Like, that's just a lot. And I don't wish that on anyone unless, you know, that's the life that they want because it's, I'm sure it's a challenging one. So my pitch of the week is going to Miss Richards Ross, honey. We are rooting for you. I'm hoping you get through it, honey. I'm hoping you and fine man Ross figure it out, which I'm sure you will because they just seem like a mature couple all together anyway. I'm going to leave you with this. Baby. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me log off and find me a man to do that to me, child. <laughs> <laughs> I find me one too. I'll see you next week. All right. Can't wait. Deuces. Bye. Thanks for listening to Black Reality Kiki. Like and subscribe for more from your favorite Black Reality gurus. 
Till next time, keep it peachy, y'all. Bye.